from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, it is Sharp Money as we welcome you in week two on this Monday, March 6th. I do say the day because there's nothing, unpredictability, volatility, there's nothing like the next calendar month. Remember, we've got the national championship game, Amal Shaw, in Houston coming up April 3rd. So the next month is going to be awesome. As we say, hi, I'm Patrick Maher, the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson, and of course, Amal Shaw, who was going nuts. Was it to Jeff Parles about playing some poker before the show started here, my friend? Uh, Jeff was just asking me a question. We were just kind of reminiscing on a hand he had, but uh, nothing as exciting as some of the news uh, around the league in terms of Ja Morant. You know, Ja always adds to the excitement when it's kind of slow going in Memphis. Yeah, Jaws got the the gad out, which is not good news. But we do have breaking news as far as the NFL is concerned. Seth Greenberg, let's go ahead and throw up the lineup today, big guy. Uh, Seth Greenberg is going to join, of course, ESPN college basketball analyst. Zach Harper did a great job in his debut, the athletic NBA. He's going to join. And Steve Fezzik will get sharp in that last hour as we do here on Sharp Money is going to join us as well. One of the things he wants to talk about, let's explain. This is from his text today. Let's explain how a better treats the betting card like a final exam. They start it all day, and then they take the exam at the end of the day. They shouldn't be doing that. So, again, some theory, some betting theory on how to approach the board. Steve Fezzik's going to be in for a good half hour coming up in just a little bit. However, this was news we were texting about earlier today. I'm a little surprised 
if anything, by the timing, it's not surprising that Derek Carr is going to sign a four-year deal, Amal, with the New Orleans Saints. Four years. Remember, the only thing that matters in NFL contracts is the guaranteed cash, right? So it's four years, 150. That averages 37 and a half. However, they're going to guarantee him $100 million. The only thing that shocked me here with Derek Carr to the Saints, and we'll get into the betting ramifications, is the timing. Like, he had plenty of time to wait for Carolina, to wait for the Jets to get involved and kind of use his leverage, and he went ahead and signed with the Saints here. You know what? Uh, you made a great point. You were a little bit surprised by it simply because you thought he would have had more leverage if he waited. But I think maybe the interest in the uh, market may not have been as great as we're led to believe. And I'll tell you who the signing hurts uh, is potentially to me is Daniel Jones because Derek Carr signed for four for 150, 37 and a half per. I don't think Daniel Jones can command that type of money. So to me, I think it's one that's going to have a little bit of a setback for him in a negotiation. I think it's a pretty good fit overall for the Saints in a division with their defense they can win. The one question and concern I have is with Dennis Allen. His team has not shown consistency. If you look at it, their inability to win back-to-back games has been always a problem under his tenure. This will be, uh, to me, something to pay attention to when you're betting the Saints throughout the course of the season. Well, you, you said Dennis Allen, and he coached the Raiders when Carr was drafted by the Raiders in 2014. He was let go, I think, four games into that year. But there's obviously some familiarity. And remember, he started Carr as a rookie, so he likes the quarterback. Here's the deal. And remember, Amal, I was talking all last week how I thought Derek Carr's ideal landing spot would be Carolina just right. because they started to rebuild that offensive front uh, uh, the running game, oddly enough, a different type of running attack once McCaffrey left really became the identity of that team. Conversely, it's a weird spot, the Saints for Carr, because this is a team that was already sitting $18 million above the 2023 salary cap before the deal was announced. Now, Loomis in the past, the Saints general manager, is very good with manipulating the salary cap, and there's plenty you can do. For example, they're giving him 60 mil, Derek Carr, up front in a signing bonus, so it helps out with the annual. Uh, but this is, you know, whether it's letting safety Marcus Williams leave in free agency or letting Michael Thomas do the same, there's going to be some big changes on the Saints team because they're over the cap. Yeah, you're right about that. Thomas on a five-year, $100 million deal. But also there were some issues behind the scenes with Thomas and the Saints. He has barely yes. played in the last two and a half plus years. So I'm not surprised that this is a move where they're going to move uh, go away from him. But you're right. Mickey Loomis and when Sean Payton was there and now Dennis Allen, this team has done probably the best job in the National Football League and manipulating the cap. They always seem like they're $25 million over. And then the day they have to be under the cap, it always seems like oh, they made it just by a dollar. So that's domino number one. Yeah. So it starts to get interesting, and you texted the big guy. You said there's more than one domino. I believe that's what you were talking about with the quarterback yeah. uh, situation. Now, there's two quarterbacks by tomorrow. Remember, the deadline for the franchise tag is tomorrow. So there's two quarterbacks that are going to be in that spot, and that is Lamar Jackson. They're going to get hit him with the non-exclusive tender, which essentially means he can then go and negotiate with other teams. If he were to move on from the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens would then come back with – uh, two first rounders. That's also the situation the Giants are in with the aforementioned who you mentioned, Daniel Jones. Remember, they didn't pick up that fifth year option. I think they botched it, the Giants, by not picking up the option. They didn't pick it up. So Jones has all the leverage. The Jones camp and the Giants camp, Amal, met in Indianapolis, couldn't get a deal done. So they most likely will hit Jones with the cap as well. 
or excuse me, the tag is well tomorrow. And if he were to sign with another team, they would come back with two first rounders. Yeah, I, Patrick, Patrick, I vehemently disagree with you on the Daniel Jones situation. I don't think the Giants botched it at all. I think Daniel Jones just had a good year. I'm not going to say great because I don't believe he had a great year. I thought he had a good year, solid year. And based on what we had seen in the previous three seasons, there was no reason to pay Daniel Jones on that rookie deal $25 million in 2023 until you saw something out of him. Because to me, it looked like a situation where they could potentially move on from him. Now, that's not going to be the case, or at least appears to be in the short run, not going to be the case. But if I'm the Giants, I am not paying him more than Derek Carr. I think Daniel Jones is somewhere in that 30 to $35 million range. And yes, it is more than they would have paid him initially. But I think one of the biggest mistakes we see teams make, not in the NFL, but just across the board in sports, is signing guys to long-term deals that are not necessary. We saw your hometown Tigers sign Miggy Cabrera to a deal with two years left on his deal when Mike Elich gained that like eight for 248. Uh, we saw Ryan Howard get an extension with two years remaining on his contract. There's no reason to pay guys in the long run uh, in terms of a long-term deal until necessary. Sometimes you're better off overpaying or do like the Dodgers with the Trevor Bauer deal and just put a high market value on a short-term contract so it doesn't eat into your cap or your money. Yeah, there's going to be a net negative. You mentioned Miggy Cabrera. I think they gave him that deal off the heels of a triple crown season. He was a fan favorite. The Tigers were in a impossible spot. You knew you were going to eat the last three, four years of that deal. You're not wrong. You know, when you think of big deals in baseball, there's not many that work. Max Scherzer worked out for the Nats, if we're being honest. Uh, There's just not many that work out over that 10-year period. Uh, Going a little off topic here, but at what point in time does somebody wake up in baseball and say, you know what, I'd rather pay Aaron Judge $50 million a year for two years and $100 million instead of paying him eight years, and I know he's going to suck on the back end of it. To me, the Miguel Cabrera one, I get your point about the Triple Crown. He had a phenomenal year. He wins the MVP, but he still had a couple years left on the deal. I would have said, listen, Miggy, instead of giving you 248, I'd rather give you four for 124 or I'd rather give you four for 150, but I don't want to pay you an additional uh, $98 million over four years when you're not going to be worthy of it. Well, if Miguel Cabrera can play quarter, excuse me, can play quarterback for the Giants, then you're right. We're going to go off topic a little well, no, bit I here. Just, but it's just I'm, because we're going to see no, a deal I, on no, a I guy it. like Jones I, no, who's well, not worth that kind of money. Well, and that's your point. So if they hit him with the tag, he's going to make a little over $32 million. He's reportedly asking Daniel Jones for somewhere right around $45 million. Amal, I know he's 25, 26 years old, and Carr's going to be 32, but Carr just signed for an average of, what, 37 and a half? Right. So, again, however, by not picking up that option, and this is where I said that the Giants botched it, by not picking up that option, that's where now Jones, by playing well last year, has all the leverage. And as the big guy and I were talking before the show, what are they drafting? 26th? They well overachieved last year, so they're not going to be able to draft a quarterback unless they move up. Yeah, no, I would agree with you there. But, you know, the one thing Josh Towers, former big league pitcher who's a contributor here at Beeson, always talks about is guys play their best in free agency. We saw the season that Aaron Judge yep. had. Uh, Jones does the same thing. Is he going to be able to duplicate that type of season? When you look at Jones at quarterback for the New York Giants and you look at Philadelphia, Dallas, potentially depending on who winds up in Washington, you look at the rest of the landscape in the NFC with uh, the 49ers uh, and, of course, you know, Green Bay and Minnesota, to me – are they beating these teams with Daniel, Daniel Jones in the postseason? I don't believe that's the answer. Now, they well, did beat Minnesota this year, but still, overall, we saw in the game against Philly, they look like a high school team against a college team. No, I, I completely agree with you. Jones is not worth 45 mil, but we talked about the dearth of talent within the market as far as a high level. Look, and if you're talking about the quarterback position, there's, you know, six or seven that do it on the planet Correct. at an elite level. Right. 
there's another 10 that do it but, really well, and then the rest of it, you're just kind of getting in where you fit in. So it's a really weird market. And the market, the quarterback market, resets every year. The next domino, Amal Shaw, will be Jimmy G. It looks like the Raiders. Remember, the Raiders are expected to pursue Jimmy Garoppolo. McDaniels, he's familiar with that system, which is a hard system to get a hold of. The current regime, including the general manager, Ziegler, was there when Jimmy G was drafted also in 2014 in the second round. So it makes sense, you know, schematically. I know you're not a huge Jimmy G guy, but we can just talk about why it makes sense here. Schematically, he understands the system. When he's healthy, he has produced. It's a few years, a little bit of a bridge until they figure out their roster and figure out what they're going to do at the position. No, it makes sense. I get why you'd bring in somebody like him in. But, you know, the one thing I will say, Garoppolo is good if you're on a team like San Francisco where there's immense talent around him. And your point about the Giants, I feel like you'd do the same thing. I would rather pay other guys, a DB, a defensive, an edge rusher, a running back, or someone like that, who can, or an offensive lineman that can really contribute to my team and help me win, even if Daniel Jones is what, uh, you know, I would term as a game manager. I, and I look at these teams and I go, okay, from our purposes, from a betting standpoint, what are the Giants winning? Okay, maybe you can bet them to make the playoffs. But other than that, you're not betting right. them to win the division. You're not betting them to win a Super Bowl or the NFC. So if you don't have that one of those seven, eight guys which you referenced and you're correct on, then I'm always looking to acquire that guy because it's very difficult to win in this league. And if you think back over the last 10 years, who's really winning without great quarterbacks, generally speaking, unless you've got an elite, elite defense. Okay. Then I'm going to ask you this. What price do you put on Geno Smith? Remember free agent yeah. wants to stay in Seattle, but he's got leverage as well coming off a great year. You know what? Geno Smith's got in their mind, in his mind, he had a great year. In my mind, he had a good year. Geno Smith is a guy that's going to get me to the first round of the playoffs and he's not going to get me any further. I'm paying Geno Smith four years, $120 million. I might guarantee about 60 and I'm not paying him more than that. He doesn't like it. I said, we can help you pack United van lines or Mayflower. will give you their phone number. Derek Carr is in the NFC South. And now the saints are your betting favorites at plus 140. Amal, when we went to the weekend, we were talking about those teams dancing on the bubble. Yeah. How'd they do? We'll come back and discuss and talk about these conference championships as well. We're just getting started on Monday. It's Sharp Monday. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, betting splits. When you become a VSIN pro, you get the betting splits, part of the Pro Tools package. It's worth it. Make sure you check out where the money and bets are going for every game. Updated every 10 minutes. Today's game and future events as well. Go to vcin.com for those splits. Remember, right now, $9.99, vcin.com slash subscribe. Part of the pro package. And speaking of the pro package, our plays, host plays, guest plays. We've got Seth Greenberg. Uh, we've got Zach Harper. We've got Steve Fezzik, professional handicapper, coming up on Sharp Money. He's Amal Shaw. I'm Patrick Maher. The big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. We are so busy I've got network plays coming in from Samich. Aaron Halterman, who's going to make his debut, just sent me a hockey play, which I'll get to in just a minute. It looks like breaking news during the break. Calvin Ridley has been completely reinstated. He's going to be good to go for Jacksonville. Amal Shaw, we talked about Derek Carr to the Saints. He's got to get a better agent. He had leverage there. Just wait. Chill. We'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what happens with Geno Smith. We'll put a bow on the quarterback talk for now because you're going to be pissed about this, but Anthony Richardson basically was Superman at the combine. CJ Stroud threw well. So coming up later in the show, we'll talk about the number one draft pick market jumping around the quarterback market, jumping around in the draft coming up in April. Did you want to put a bow? Did you want to put a bow on some of that NFL quarterback talk before we move on to the college basketball? I do. And I appreciate it real quick. A couple things. Look, I think people realize what Derek Carr is. He's a solid quarterback. He's not in that upper echelon elite guy and he's being paid like the second tier, which he should be. And so I don't have a problem with that. And in terms of Anthony Richardson, Hey, all I know is didn't your Detroit lions draft Mike Mamula? Mamula wasn't drafted by the Lions. Sorry, who was he drafted by? I think he was drafted by... Oh, Stephen Stephen Boyd. Stephen Boyd was the linebacker that played at BC that went to the Lions. Yeah, the big one that went to the Lions. Yep, yeah. exactly. The yeah. Lions did draft Joey Harrington if you wanted to go quarterback comp with well, Anthony well, Richardson. Well, no, it Joey Harrington didn't have a workout like Anthony Richardson. Joey Harrington could actually play at the collegiate level. <laughs> Touche. Touche. Let me get a couple of plays in before we dive into uh, the weekend that was. That, that was a crazy weekend. Some of the bubble teams. I want to talk about the Big 12, we'll, where we stand there. Um, let's get to Samich and give out some plays to start the show here. We'll go. Uh, yeah, Mamuga went to the Eagles. Uh, Mamuga oh, right. went yeah, to the yeah, Eagles. Yeah, he, right. he was a yeah. freak working out. Good job, Dustin. Okay, Chattanooga catching four and a half today. That's play number one. As far as Samich is concerned, where are you sitting with that one, Amal? Yes, an interesting one here. Paladin's taking on Chattanooga. Uh, I'm going to stay away from this spot. 
Uh, to me, this is the SoCon is not one I've gotten involved in too much this year, so I'm going to stay off of this one as well in this game. But uh, hopefully there's some in-game opportunity available. Okay, we're going to finally figure out uh, today. The Sun Belt's going to punch a ticket, South Alabama, Louisiana. You just heard Chattanooga. Uh, the Southern Conference, Chattanooga, and Furman will find out who punches a ticket with them as well. Over the weekend, you had Fairleigh Dickinson out of the Northeast. They're going to be a 16 seed coming up in the tournament. Uh, Southeast Missouri, a dramatic overtime win in the Ohio Valley. They're in. Kennesaw State is in. The Owls, uh, they beat Liberty in the A-Sun. So those are some of your auto bids. You know, what's interesting as far as talking about the tournament if you think about it, and we'll have Seth Greenberg a little bit later uh, joining us, but we've been focused on the Big 12 because it's been by far the best league as we've discussed. But how about the teams over the weekend that we discussed? West Virginia, so an 89-81 home win against Kansas State. They're 18 and 13. They're going to get in now. Oklahoma State, they ended their losing streak and beat Texas Tech. So they kind of cleared Texas Tech off that bubble. Texas Tech isn't in. And then obviously, Amal, you've got the drama with Mark Adams there with Texas Tech. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is going to look, nobody had come out and say this publicly, Patrick. I think this thing is only going to add to the uh, Red Raiders not getting in the tournament. Oh, I to totally agree with you. And I think he ends up getting fired. And I, for those that don't know what happened, he said some sort of biblical quote that had some weird connotation that I'm not going to get into that he was suspended by the, uh, the, the team and he was suspended by the university. And my assumption is this ends up with Mark Adams getting fired. Would you disagree? No, not at all. And I don't think they were happy anyway with the performance. And by the way, that loss, I had Texas Tech on Saturday, second half against Oklahoma State. They were down big. The team just completely looked like they were out of it. They tie it up. To me, when you've got a shooter like Tyson and you don't get him enough shots, this is my, you know, UCLA is playing great basketball. They're, somehow Joel Lenardi does not have them being a one seed, which I don't understand. But to me, when you've got a shooter like Chris Singleton, it's criminal when some of these guys can really shoot the basketball and they don't get enough touches. Wait. Lenardi doesn't. So my one seeds right now, UCLA, yep. they beat Arizona to close yep. out the regular season. They've won 25 straight at Poly Pavilion. It's they've had an amazing year. I've got the one seeds UCLA. I've got Bama even after the loss yep. against A&M. I've got Kansas. They got blown out by last place, Oklahoma. I've got them a one seed and I've got Houston a one seed. One thing I'll say about UCLA before you jump on who your one seeds are is Jalen Clark. He's getting an MRI here in Los Angeles today. He's very important to that UCLA team, and he was walking around in a boot. He came out of the locker room in a boot against Arizona on Saturday. Jalen Clark's status for UCLA is going to be huge here. I agree with you. If you're not familiar with him, probably the best on-ball defender in college basketball in terms of the guard position. He is tremendous in terms of what he can do defensively. Um, they're going to need him because I think he's an underrated, a little bit more of a I would say not as big or quite as athletic a Russell Westbrook, not the offensive prowess, but defensively far better than where Russ was at this stage of his career at UCLA. And I think Jalen Clark next year will be one of the leaders for the Bruins, but that would be a big blow if he can't go for any reason. I have the same four number ones, but instead of having UCLA as number one, Joe Lenardi has Purdue as number one. And mm -hmm. I, I think simply because the Big Ten is rated as a better league than the Pac-12. I mean, you look at Cal. They were in a dogfight against Oregon State over the weekend. Or, I mean, Oregon State is bad. I know Wayne Tingle will get fired after the Pac-12 tournament, but to me, uh, the league has got some serious question marks. Arizona State, not a particularly strong team, but USC did everything they could to almost give the game away on Saturday night uh, against uh, USC. 
Or I, no, we me, just had, we, we had Sean Farnham on, and remember, we started the conversation with mm -hmm. who's the best team he's seen in basketball, and now yeah. he did play at UCLA, but he said UCLA. They're worthy of a one seed. Yeah. And you mentioned Russ Westbrook. Remember, the last time UCLA was a one seed, Ben Howland, yep. Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook, I think they made a Final Four run that year as well. They did. He had three yeah, straight so, Final Fours, I think 06, 07, and 08 for the Bruins, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been five through seven. I don't remember. But, um, you know, this is a team that's got, got the talent, the ability. Tiger Campbell, Jaime Hawkins, tremendous. Uh, Adem Bona has been tremendous in the post. They, they've got enough size there. They can play with anybody. I'll tell you what, though, I saw a nice win by Houston on Sunday at Memphis. Never easy to play uh, in Memphis. They get the win. Jamal Shedd at the buzzer wins it for the Cougars. This team's going to be dangerous, in my opinion. I think they, they really have a lot of talent defensively. Look, when you're a one seed, that first game matchup, unless you're uh, Virginia playing UMBC, not because they lost, but because the style of play that Virginia employs, it gives that other team an opportunity. Houston's going to guard you in a way that most people just can't understand until you face off against them. And then that's a real challenge when you play the Cougars. Yeah, Memphis, a heartbreaking loss. My assumption is in the American, they wouldn't see Houston until the finals come yeah. conference tournament. So 67-65 loss for Memphis. Uh, so they sit squarely on the bubble. How about this as well? Uh, on Saturday, you saw what happened. Uh, Duke beats North Carolina, so they sweep the season series. How about this? If I told you that Armando Baycott, Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, Leaky Black, they were all returning from that national championship team. They average almost 22 and a half years yeah. of age, right? Now, you're not, again, I understand you're not a Hubert Davis guy, yeah. but nobody had this team missing as an at-large. Nobody had North Carolina not making the tournament. No, I thought they were a Sweet 16 team. I thought last year that stretch in the second half against Baylor got them to where they were. And then, of course, you're going to get up for the Duke game in the Final Four. And what a great way to send out the rat beating them in the Final Four. Nothing better and winning that game at Cameron last year. But I thought last year was a bit of a false run. We got a five-game stretch out of Carolina, five and a half, including the first half against KU. And everyone thinks they're the national champion. No, things broke fairly well for them. It's kind of like UCLA a couple of years ago when they made that run in the play-in game against Michigan State, got all the way to the Final Four, and then the expectations were they're going to win the national title. I'm telling you, if you don't have the horses to begin with, it's like the old Bill Parcells line, you are what your record is. And to me, if you don't figure out a way to win some of those games, it's a real problem. You look at the Cougars this year, right? They're a legitimate team from last year. They had a lot of talent coming back. They added Walker, the young freshman. They're 11-0 on the road this year. To me, winning road games is where I kind of re see where the rubber meets the road, and that's what the Cougars have been able to do. It's also fascinating if you think about what the transfer portal has done. The old adage was you need experience come tournament time, specifically in the backcourt. But if I point to North Carolina, nobody's more experienced. A team that lost by four in the national championship game, they return everybody, and they're going to be fighting for their life in the ACC conference tournament. It's just fascinating where we've kind of readjusted what matters come tournament time because of the transfer portal. I would agree with you there, and we see, you've seen the impact that's had in Miami and Laranaga and what the job they did. They're the one seed in the ACC tournament, co-champions along with Virginia of the regular season title. Uh, but, you know, again, I, I think the teams that have done it over the course of the entire season, and, you know, Carolina last year was struggling throughout uh, the season, and then all of a sudden they had that nice stretch. So uh, I think they got to do a ton of work. Patrick, how far do you think they have to get to the semis or the finals in your opinion? I think they may have to get to the, it depends on who they beat. Remember, they're not going to get any credit for beating their first round opponent, which is going to be the winner of the Boston college Louisville matchup. Woo. So they've got to get to a Virginia. They've got to get to, they've got to get to one of those quality wins to add to that 19 and 12 record.
and they're one and nine in quad one games overall this year. They're just two and 10 North Carolina versus teams projected for the field of 68. They've been a disaster all the way around. Amal, Michigan, Rutgers, Wisconsin, Big Ten next. You tell me, they in, they out. We're coming back. It's Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Bet Rivers, online sportsbook is the place to be. You could win up to $10,000 in bonus money instantly by playing our exclusive Bet Rivers squares this basketball season. Place a qualifying bet and you get a square on the house. If your number on your square matches the final score of the game, you win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers, eligible bonus, and credit use. Full terms and conditions available at BetRiversSquares.com. Make sure you check that out. BetRiversSquares.com. I'm all Shaw. The big guy, Dustin Sweetelson, he's got his new top 10 coming. A dispirited top 10 with the boxing movies last what, week. We'll see how we do this week. What is it also, this week? Top man, 10 favorite libraries? <laughs> man in the mirror. Amal Shaw up early today doing his homework. He's been on top of it. We've got that coming up. We've got Seth Greenberg in 29 minutes. We've got Zach Harper, the athletic, talking about the association. We've got Steve Fezzik. Who Fezzik's brain, he's like Amal Shaw. So those that don't know, Amal very much has ADD. He's a very smart guy. He's just all over the map sometimes. Uh, you're just like Steve Fezzik. So Fezzik has ADD. And if you notice today, Dustin, uh, he was just firing ideas of what he wanted to talk to on the show. But the ideas come very splintered. So he has brilliant ideas that I'm trying to categorize, but they come in very ADD-like ways, like rapid fire, you know? Well, you know what that stems from, usually. Someone what? just pounded a ton of coffee. I can only know because I can relate right now. You know the movie Cocaine Bear? I'm Caffeinated <laughs> Bear right now. They could do a spinoff <laughs> about me. Trust me, I got you. Big Ten, <laughs> let's go to it. Amal, and Amal has a plan. Cleveland State, Milwaukee on the total in just a little bit. Uh, Purdue's in Indiana. So this is a, a league full of parity, right. but they're going to get a bunch in. Indiana's in. Maryland, who, they're splits. You're going to want to fade this team because they're not playing at home. Northwestern's in a great year. Michigan State's in. Iowa's in. And Illinois, I've got them in. Uh, Penn State. A winter, I believe it was, a last-second putback at home to beat Maryland. So that was a huge win for Penn State, who's on the bubble. You were on Indiana. I think you were laying three and a half. They won by two. Michigan. Michigan, that was an insane game with lead changes at Assembly Hall. They lost in overtime. So Michigan squarely on the bubble. Rutgers, and then I'll let you run with this all. Rutgers lost at home, where they were dominant all year. Uh, to Northwestern. So they lost six of eight down the stretch. Uh, they're going to be out unless they do something big in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. And then Wisconsin, who you may, you brought up a great point. Again, they won 71-67 against Minnesota at Minnesota. And Wisconsin squarely on the bubble. Minnesota's a terrible basketball team, but you mentioned that's a rivalry spot, so it's a good win for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes people don't take into account, Patrick, one thing to pay attention to, I know this is a long way away for next year's college basketball. What I want people to take note of, though, is when a team plays an in-state rival in an interstate matchup, the games are a lot tighter than some of the spreads you'll see. Like, for example, Rice played Texas this year. Look, Texas is far better than Rice, but uh, the game was, I don't remember, some 23-point line. It was an absolute dogfight. Whenever you're playing Big Brother, you're going to get a fight out of them that you generally don't get. Remember when EMU played Michigan this year early in the season? <laughs> yes, EMU couldn't yes. beat anybody now. 
right? And right. now uh, that was a four-point game, came down to the wire. I think uh, Michigan hit a shot, and EMU might have missed a shot, whatever it was. But my point is pay attention to that when you get some of these matchups in a rivalry. To, uh, throw out that spread. Take the dog there in those spots so it's a good opportunity. Um, kind of in terms of the Big Ten, bad loss by Pikel's team at the rack yesterday. you got to beat Northwestern. I've got – Really, three coaches. I want to get your take on the SEC real quick. I got Jerome Tang, coach of the year in the in the Big 12. Has to be. The job he's done at Kansas State has been phenomenal. I think he's the national coach of the year. Uh, Mick Cronin for UCLA. 18-2. and two, Bruins, most wins a conference ever. A one loss at UCLA. I'm sorry, at Arizona for UCLA. And I forgot the other loss that they have in conference on the road. Um, but this team deserves a ton of credit for what they've been able to accomplish. Uh, I think it might have been at Oregon, but I can't recall. And then in the Big Ten, uh, Collins, Chris Collins at Northwestern. Collins has done an amazing job. He's done an amazing job with this team. They're not a great shooting team, but they defend, they play well. They had one bad loss early in December, I think it was, against Ohio State at home in the non-con. They've had some good wins, and getting a road win at the rack is impressive. And then the team that I've been in love with and my favorite player in the Big Ten this year, Jalen Pickett at Penn State. This guy's an absolute dude. This guy has been a catalyst for this team. I think Penn State deserves to be in. Micah Shrewsbury's done a tremendous job. The only problem I have with Penn State, they kind of have that Maryland problem, which is Maryland plays well in College Park. Penn State plays well in State College. But these two teams, you get them on the road and they struggle a little bit. That's very well put. And you saw with Michigan, first off, Juwan Howard not building on that momentum. Yeah. If you remove Dickinson from this team, they're a freaking disaster. I mean, they have no movement offensively. Everything goes through him. They really, he just, I thought Howard would really build on, build on that early momentum there at Michigan. He hasn't. Um, and you look at Indiana, Indiana, that was quintessential Mike Woodson. If they're defending like that and they're actually hitting some shots, I think this is a sweet 16 team. If they're really hitting outside shots and defending their asses off, I think it's an elite eight team, but probably the cap for Indiana is sweet 16. I love the way you summarized it. You're absolutely right. To me, when you look at this team yesterday, a little bit of struggle. Galloway gets in foul trouble, gets three in the first half. I'm not a fan. I'm telling you, Jim Calhoun did this better than anybody. He would sit guys with uh, two loss. I mean, with two fouls in the first half in terms of, um, just let him sit for the rest of the half. He brought it back in Hood Shafino, who's tremendous. Uh, but Galloway picked up a third foul in the first half. Indiana just did not shoot the ball well yesterday. They had an opportunity to really blow Michigan out. Give the Wolverines credit. They fought back in the first half when they were down 12 to 14 points, made it a two-point game at the break. Then they get a lead of up to about 12 points in the second half. Indiana fights back in an overtime. The Hoosiers and Race Thompson, who better be at the free-throw line practicing today, missed four free throws down the stretch in the final 20 seconds. Absolutely killed me. But regardless of that... Uh, I, I think this. you summarized Indiana beautifully. I think they're a Sweet 16 team. I think TJD is a tough matchup. I think if they are hitting shots, they can be an Elite 8 team. I, is Purdue the team you see as being the best in this league? Oh, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. I, I, the league, I, I, you, you and I were talking during the break, I, born and raised in Michigan. I hate this league this year. I know they're going to get a million teams in. As a matter of fact, when you look at some of the last four in and first four out, look at what CBS has. They've got their last four in Rutgers, Penn State, and Michigan. So you can already add to those auto, the locks. You can add Rutgers, Penn State, and Michigan based on what CBS is saying. Um, you know, whether it's last four in or first four out, either way you want to look at it. Uh, Wisconsin, a bunch have them as their last four in. It's just once we start getting some props on leagues, I'm going to look to fade the Big Ten. I don't disagree with you, but I also would argue that I think the league could have a better year when I say I don't think they outside of Purdue, I don't see any other final four teams in the league. But Purdue Agreed. doesn't shoot the ball particularly well. And yesterday they blow a huge lead against the Illini. They didn't even cover that game. They had, I think, what, a 19, 20, 21 point lead at the break. 
I, I get your point. To me, I don't know which team I look at in this league and say, okay, this is the team that's dangerous. I'm going to tell you, I think Indiana's probably the most dangerous team in this league. I like Indiana. Indiana, the, the, Indi- the confounding loss for Indiana, and you know which one I'm going to talk about. It was like last week at home yeah. where they got absolutely pummeled. Yeah, I bet them, so I'm a little bitter from it. But they got absolutely blown out at home. They've been very good at Assembly Hall, and they didn't defend. And Woodson went nuts after the game. Um, so Indiana, it was against Iowa. Remember, Iowa couldn't miss a shot. And Iowa, see, every team in the Big Ten, if you start picking them apart – they're all flawed. If I was hitting threes, they don't defend. They can beat anybody just because if they're hitting a miraculous percentage from outside, they can beat you. Uh, but at times when they go cold from the outside, his team just doesn't defend. So I was a confounding team as well in the Big Ten. I, I would agree with you there. Um, you know, to me, I think we, we, we've been clear about this. The Big 12 is obviously the best league. Baylor, Kansas, Texas are legitimate Final Four contenders. I don't think they're going to repeat 85 in the Big East where you had three Final Four teams with Nova St. John's and Georgetown. But when I look at the SEC, I don't think A&M, even though they're playing well, I don't think A&M's a legitimate Final Four threat. And by the way, nobody's talking about this with Alabama. Ever since this situation has come up around Brandon Miller, Mm -hmm. this team can't hit a three-point shot to save their life, Patrick. Tell me where you think this Crimson Tide team winds up. I am not going to be shocked at all if they get bounced going towards the Sweet 16 or right around that point. I totally agree. Let's take a look at the ACC and see, excuse me, the SEC and see if you have anybody differently here. We've got Alabama in, Tennessee obviously is in, Kentucky, your team mm-hmm. uh, playing well at the right time. They're in, A&M is in, Arkansas and Missouri. Where are you on Auburn? And I, I think Bruce Pearl's team is better than I thought they were going to be this year. Um, that think- blowout defeat at Kentucky was rough. They've had some heartbreakingly close losses down the stretch. Yeah, it's Auburn work to do. I'd say Mississippi state Vandy Vandy's one of those weird teams as well. By the way, that was a bad number the other day on Saturday with Vandy at home, getting three and a half. I know Liam Robbins is out, but still that, that to me was the wrong line real quick. Tell me Tennessee, good, bad, or indifferent. I really, really like Tennessee. And I know you don't like Rick Barnes. (laughs) We know know you do. Listen, they're a good team. They got size. They're going to defend you. Number one defensive efficiency team in college basketball. Oh, the size is ridiculous. Barnes' teams always defend. I hate to play the same trope over and over. I just don't know. But again, his teams at Tennessee, the same identity. They really haven't been able to score when you need them to score, and they defend their asses off. And they just got grown men. It's the same team as so, last year. So what are you saying? Can you summarize it? Pieces. Can you summarize What's it? That? Can you summarize it? Good, good or bad with Tennessee? Come on. I heard all the points you made. Just tell me. I'm not as high on the. I'm not as high on Tennessee. I, I'm higher on Alabama than you are. Alabama, Oates has done, listen, that's two SEC titles in four years for Oates. That's a hell of a job. Thank you, sir, but you're wrong. Okay. (laughs) It's good to be wrong with you, Amal. I'm all in, I'm all out. Coming up next here, Sharp Money. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get everything you need to bet madness and March Madness. Well, I guess I have to call it madness. I apologize. This year for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against a spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Only VSIN Pro subscribers get unlimited access to our daily best bets. Tools like our exclusive betting splits, plus our big dance bracket and betting guides. Uh, these guides feature in-depth breakdowns of all 68 teams, Cinderella selections, bracket predictions, and picks on every tournament game from VSIN experts like Brent Musburger and Greg Hoops Peterson. Sign up today to get the betting guides, plus full access to VSIN through the end of the tournament for only $19. So again, you get everything through the tournament. That's a month plus for 19 bucks. VSIN.com slash subscribe right now. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. We didn't go through the Big East as we welcome you back. Amal Shaw, refreshed off a of big weekend. The big guy, Dustin Sweetelson's got his top 10. We've got Man in the Mirror with Amal Shaw coming up. I'm all in, I'm all out, essentially agree or disagree. Before we get to that, Big East, anything from the Big East? I know you're huge on UConn this year, yeah. but anything else, your takeaway from the weekend? Impressive win by Seton Hall on Saturday uh, at uh, Providence. They won by 24, catching eight and a half weird. in that one. Providence, losing to Xavier at home where they had been dominant and losing to Seton Hall, kind of entering the tournament. They're going to get in, but it's they're playing uh, oddly to Cooley's team right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, struggling a little bit, but I still think they're going to be a tough out. Uh, to me, though, 
Creighton, I think McDermott's team is, is playing well. They're one to pay attention to. And then, of course, Marquette. I just don't think they're getting enough national credit. This team is dangerous. Shaka's got this team playing well. Yeah, the Big East had a great year this year. I totally agree. The all-in, all-out starts here. Derek Carr, we announced it at the top of the hour. Amal, I was just a little surprised by the timing because he could have got a little bit of a bidding war going, but apparently he wanted his number. His number was right around $35 million per. Yeah. He wasn't going crazy like Daniel Jones's camp. He got $37.5 per. He's going to the Saints, of course. He signed a four-year deal. He's going to be 32 at the end of March, Derek Carr. He signed a four-year deal, 150, 100 guaranteed. So that averages right around 37 and a half. He got 60 of it up front to help with the Saints cap issue, which there are issues. But here's the question. I'm all in. You agree? Or I'm all out. You disagree. Derek Carr will win comeback player of the year at 20 to 1. Now, it's 20 to 1 at DraftKings. The... What constitutes comeback player of the year is always dicey in the NFL. It's the weirdest award, but uh, he's going to win this comeback player of the year. I would say no. And the reason is, what is he coming back from being sent uh, home for the, two weeks? That's the point. That's the point. I, but I mean, he, they do have a number posted at 20 to one at DraftKings. So you can well, get in on that. I think he's going to have a good year. Um, I think him and Olave are going to be pretty formidable. I think the Saints defensively are good. The one concern I have is with Alvin Kamara. He's got a legal uh, case pending here in Las Vegas, and it looks pretty serious. Uh, but overall, when I look at it, I, I think he's a guy that can be very dangerous for this team. Remember, that NFC South is not that strong of a, a league as we've seen in years past, so I think there's an opportunity there. But I'm not going to bet on him to win com uh, Comeback Player of the Year, even though I like the odds. But I am all in. I like the signing by the Saints. I think it's a good move. Yeah, I do too. Now, your Comeback Player of the Year, just for context mm -hmm. this year, was Geno Smith, the big guy texting us in show. He said, what the hell did Geno Smith come back from? He's right. Not being a good football player, apparently. To me, a comeback player of the year should be like an Alex Smith or somebody coming off a catastrophic injury. Um, you know, to me, last year's comeback player of the year should have been Brian Robinson of the Washington uh, Commanders. How Who could he come back from there, something he never started? Uh, Brian Robinson would be coming back from something that never started. He made the team. He got shot. He couldn't play. But coming back implies there was a year before. That's that's fair. Okay, it was. I mean, it's fair. <laughs> I, I told you it's a weird market. So th that's the. Th I think this you're is, both right. It's a weird market. It's it's similar to the Anthony Richardson situation, right? Him going number one. I'm. I got big numbers on him to go number one, not necessarily because I think he's gonna, you know, go number one, but it's the same thing with comeback player of the year, twenty to one on Derek Carr. I don't know. There's so much up in the air whether or not. He's going to win the award. Yeah. And at 21, it's a huge number. If he has a good year in New Orleans compared to what he was a year ago here in Vegas, I think he's got a shot to be in the mix because we don't know the parameters. There's just so many variables at play. You, you still want, uh, you want, uh, you know what, Brighton to win the Premier League and get great odds on them. Well, you, you're you going to pretend like Brighton can't do it in Leicester City. People won't even <laughs> 5, understand. 5,000 to 1. By the way, did you, see, did you see over the weekend that Arsenal was down 2-0? Now, yeah. they came back to win 3-2 against Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Yeah. Bournemouth is sitting somewhere between 17 and 20 on the table. Arsenal, who people are asking questions, can Arsenal win it? They, Man City's going to win it. Arsenal's falling apart. I mean, they did come back and beat Bournemouth, but that's embarrassing. Okay, next yeah, one. Ahead. And this is interesting. Because our buddy Fezzik, he does have a three-star play on an XFL game this week. Rotation number 312 is all I'll say. 
But the big guy has on our mall in, mall out, he says, we're too old to start caring about spring football. Now, we're a little bit different because we're degenerates and we're trying to find an edge. So if somebody texts me an XFL play like Fezzik just did, I'm going to play the game. But as far as caring about a league, we're too old to start caring about spring football. I'm all in, I'm all out. Uh, I'm all out. Um, listen, there's only so much time you could give in a day or a week to certain things, right? Like I follow tennis, people follow golf. And that's kind of the trade-off there. I'm a boxing guy. You follow MMA. I mean, every, everybody's got their kind of, you know, smaller ancillary sports that may follow. To me, I'm looking forward to baseball. Can't wait. Spring training, once, it, it, once it's over and we get into the regular season. I think baseball is my favorite sport to bet, and the reason is because when you're on offense, nothing bad can happen. In football, you could have the ball at the one-yard line. You can go to the fridge to go get something, and the next thing you know, when you come back, the other team's going 99 the other way. Yeah, too many options. I would agree with you. I'm out on spring football again. I've bet the XFL this year. That's just because people have been texting me plays as far as sitting down and actually grinding in game or watching an XFL game. It's not happening. However, big guy, you added it to the list. So obviously you have a strong opinion. Yeah. I just, am kind of set in my ways at 37 years old. I just adding another sport in the mix. It's the same reason why like I've never gotten into golf and I don't get into tennis. It's because like, as Amal was saying, my brain only has so much capacity to pay attention to so many different things that we get to a point where it's like, you know what? I'm sure there are people that enjoy it, and I'm happy for them, but I will watch from the sidelines because Netflix just dropped this Murdaugh Murders trial uh, documentary. The what? And I had to cram it in over the weekend. It was fantastic. Wait, wait, wait. A couple of questions. First of all, what was the trial? The Murdaugh Murders which, which was that case? That the was, one in Carolina? Yeah, it was. Yep, Carolina just happened. They couldn't release the doc till the verdict came in on it. <laughs> interesting, interesting documentary if you don't even have a verdict yet. But here's my thing. When it's something like that, how many hours was it? Three. I, first thing I do is I go read the case thing on Wikipedia, and I'm like, this is interesting before I give 180 minutes. If not, I'm like, ah, I'm out. It blows all the interesting stuff then. I don't want well, to waste the big guy has to but the big guy has to budget his time. If I were to reveal on the air what I texted him, I knew he was doing after the show let out on Friday, we would get fired. Let's just say he manages his time in a freaky deaky way. Okay, we'll leave it at that because what my man was on his way to do. Why are you laughing? You know I'm not lying. I texted him. I texted him. Hold on. I texted Dustin after the show on Friday. It was after our first week. I said, I guarantee you're about to go do this. And he just wrote me back eyeball emoji because he knew he knew you could fill in the blank of all. He knew that I was right. Did I embarrass you, big guy? Can neither confirm nor deny those reports. I just thought he was, I thought he was <laughs> okay. going to Burger King. No, no. Well, he may have done that as well. <laughs> Uh, quickly, how about his line movement for six man of the year? Now, I don't know where you got in Dustin, but 120 to one, two weeks ago. And today Emmanuel quickly is a favorite at some books. That's an amazing run for the Knicks guard. It's absurd because he was 200 to one, not that long ago. And this is, this goes back to the car comeback player of the year conversation. You're, you're not handicapping who you think it is. You're handicapping how it's going to end up with voters. When voters are involved, you just never know what you're going to get. And it just goes to show if you just sprinkle a little bit of money on some of these deep long shots, when they jump out to you early in the season, you can be sitting on a big ticket. I saw it a few weeks ago, and I thought, hmm, that's a really big number. He's playing really well. And I didn't jump on it. And I have a lot of regrets because of it. Yeah, Brogdon, still your big-time favorite at minus 200 to win it. 
but there you see it. Powell sitting plus 425. That was uh, Friday. So when we left on Friday, quickly was still 5-1. to one. You take a look now at BetMGM. He's sitting minus 140 as your favorite, and Brogdon's even money, Amal. I think still got to be Brogdon. Emmanuel Quickly's performance over the weekend was great, but I, I just don't understand this overreaction. I mean, if he were playing in Memphis, would we even be having this conversation in well, reference to Emmanuel Quickly? Real quick, also, he started. I know the the award is you have to start a certain percentage of game. You can't start a certain percentage of games for sixth man of the year. But, like, it feels like when a player starts, those stats shouldn't count towards sixth man of the year because he was not a sixth man that day. He was a top five guy in the rotation. A lot of it, too, is because the Knicks are rolling right now, and he went nuts yesterday in double overtime. A win at Boston. Quickly had 38 points, seven dimes, eight boards on Friday against Miami. Another win, 21 points, three assists, two boards. So, again, over at BetMGM, he jumps up to your minus 140 favorite. Brogdon, even, and Norman Powell, 20 to 1. He's fallen out. We're next with Seth Greenberg, ESPN College Basketball, Sharp Money. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.